startuprad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from startuprad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, bringing you another interview more or less from the automotive space. But at first, I would like to welcome Osman here. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. I am uh, delighted to be here. It's totally my pleasure. And we may add that you guys are working a little bit in the automotive space, but we will get to this pretty soon. Can you first tell us a little bit about what you did in your life before and how it made you an entrepreneur? Well, um, uh, I I was born uh, particularly in uh, Sierra Leone. So um, this is where I spent uh, the first five years of my life uh, before we migrated um, to Germany. And um, since we are in Germany, um, I, I grew up uh, most of the time in Berlin. I studied in Berlin and uh, studied computer science. And I always wanted to work in the uh, field of computer visualization. So I'm, I'm a big Star Trek fan. So being in the teenage years, I always was uh, very, um, yeah, fond of, of how the, the spaceships looked like and how they were designed. And I wanted to recreate uh, things like this on, on a computer. So this has, was how I started to get into uh, 3D visualization in general, starting with 3D Studio. As, uh, and uh, it wasn't 3D Studio 4.0, I think, that was still on DOS before it wa became 3D Studio Max um, when it uh, then started to run on Windows. Yeah. I, I just had to smile because my, my first hint was for everybody who doesn't know what DOS is. I'll link it down here in the show notes. You're, you're now smiling, but actually I once told somebody, um, augmented reality. It's, it's like the Terminator when he sees this red writing, uh, scroll through his vision. And the other one said, uh, I'm afraid I'm too young for this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll totally link, uh, this down here in the show notes. And uh, the second question would be, you were also one of the guys who watched Star Trek after school, right? In the afternoon. Yeah, I, I was one of those guys, yeah. Running home to to watch Next Next Generation, right? Admittedly, uh, was, me too. Yeah, it was, was very inspiring and always very exciting. Um, I, I know this is, a, this is a very difficult question to answer, but what's the best Star Trek series? would you like most the original the next generation deep space nine Janeway? i think i'm i'm really a great fan of ds9 because of the complexity of the story and and how much they go in, into depth uh, of, of educating about the different cultures and the different races in, in that story but they also yeah brought up a lot of um Yeah, interracial conflicts, whether it's uh, religious based or racially uh, based. So basically, they they discuss a lot of things that we are facing in real life, and um, and that that was quite interesting the way the way they 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 told the story of DS9, and I think that's one of the best uh, 
Star Trek TV series, TV shows, yeah. Okay, and, and now we have to get this bridge. How did you get from, uh, from visualizing awesome, fancy, faster than light spaceships to something like mundane, like, uh, interfaces in cars? How, how did this happen? How did you downgrade? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a long story, but um, uh, to keep the long story short, basically, it's like oh, don't um, worry, you you can tell a long story on our channel. That's what we're here for. Don't worry. Well, okay, let's let's uh, take it step by step. So, um, um, after finishing my studies, of course, I had to find a job, and I always wanted to work in the film industry to realize uh, that the 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 uh, great visuals that um, we were familiar with in, in movies. And at that time, when I finished my studies around 2004, um, there were a lot of great projects which were um, being produced all over the world, whether it's uh, Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, uh, Harry Potter, you know, different locations, but all, all over the place, very exciting projects. And um, I applied for some of those projects and I also get accepted, but um there was a second um very important uh, topic for me and that was basically not really to leave my my home country germany and so uh, i denied uh, the the job offers i had abroad and uh, decided to m move to munich to a company called rtt where i learned a complete different way of understanding visualization in in a more industrial uh, way so creating visuals in the movie industry is more like um, it just has to be aesthetic, especially at that time. And it has to look the way people are expecting it. But when you do visualizations for the industrial base, uh, there are expectations of physical accuracy. And uh, the visualization has to be correct in some type of measures that you need to interpret Inter interpret what you're seeing on, on, on the screen, right? So that it has some real life means and meanings that, that people can evaluate to, to construct stuff. And in that case, it was cars. So, um, uh, ha having this understanding and learning in the company RTT, how, how, what, what this basically means for, for improvement of production. Um, I, I was completely. Yeah, overwhelmed and, and found this idea very intriguing. So I, I wanted to learn more about this. And, um, but I, I, at that time, probably I was a bit too pushy, but, uh, the, the development at RTT didn't went fast enough from my point of view. So, <laughs> um, I had the luck to, to team up with, uh, two other guys, Andreas and Matthias, um, who had the pace. And so we started the company with a really great, uh, real time visualization. Um, and, and created the software that helped um, people in the industry to um, visualize very quickly, very accurately. Uh, we, we built in an application uh, real-time ray tracing, which even um, um, raises the accuracy uh, by tracing light rays and um, casting shadows, um, visualizing gaps between build parts. Um, we were able to analyze colors uh, very accurately, uh, measurable colors, um, the light distribution of headlights, for example, when you, when you look at cars. So uh, there were really a, a, a long list of features that were 
able that we were able to build in our application to allow people to do certain measurements and analysis uh, which were applicable to uh, real life uh, physical objects right? and um, that really changed my my understanding of how capable a computer can be and since then i always wanted to work on software technologies which are being usable in in real life products that that can become um, everyday um, um, tools, right? That people are using for everyday usage. Coming from that first company, um, I, we, we had the luck to, to sell it at some point to Autodesk. But at that time, I already had uh, founded the second company, which I'm working now in Kari um, GmbH. And uh, there, in the beginning, we also started with services. But from some point, I really wanted to go back to, to software development and, and technology d development. So this is how we then started to to develop tools and and solutions for HMIs and, and cars. Yeah, that's, that that's basically the story how I went from movie visualization to um, visualization for real products. Yeah. When when you've been telling this story, a, a few things flashed to my mind. At first, oh, your apartment has to be very interesting if you're all about visuals. Secondly, I imagined you on your first workday designing something really fancy. Look, I made it Art Deco. Keep it functional, Osman. Keep it functional. <laughs> <laughs> and, and thirdly, um, I was wondering if you would have st uh, if you would have the choice of doing like some animation uh, CGI stuff right now or from the past. What would have been? What is, what is the most fascinating like special effects? Um, that you've seen that you would have loved to do yourself. Admittedly, my well, personal favorite is is Pixelmundo, Game of Thrones, the dragons. Yeah, the, I, I think there are so many extremely talented um, uh, people nowadays around who are doing really great visuals. You know, it always depends on on uh, what you want to focus on because I think, yeah, seeing dragons. Is, is of course a very um, uh, interesting visual to 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 see it in a way that it, that you believe that it's real, yeah. That 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 it, um, it gives you the impression of of uh, uh, being real footage. But I think uh, there are also people who are creating characters, um, um, faces which already look so real, which is really breathtaking. Yeah. Uh, but of course, what's what's attracting me most right now is uh, when I uh, look at, at um, shows, at a TV series that I love very much is um, The Expense. Um, and, and they are creating so great visuals in terms of uh, interface designs that they're uh, showing uh, during the TV sh uh, series. That's pretty impressive because there's so much thought into their designs. You know, it's, it's not that just a visual that, that looks good, but it's also a interface design that, that has functional means that you understand how it's supposed to work if it was real. And uh, this, I think, is, is really a very, very impressive uh, visualization they're offering there. Yeah. I, was, I was always... I was asking this question for, for a very simple reason, because I just now want to ask, and now you're bringing this expense into the normal cars. How does it work? And what are you guys actually doing now? Because my understanding is you first 
had a company together with partners, and out of this, uh, you created Inkari, the company we're currently talking about. Is that about right? That's about right, but Inkari had a different purpose. So the first company was supporting the uh, virtual prototyping process by um, by offering tools to examine concepts on a digital base before you start building up a physical prototype because this simply saves a lot of money. And um, uh, using our tool at that time, VRED, uh, gave the users really um, a, a huge uh, palette of tools to really examine a lot of different uh, use cases, whether it's a package, uh, as I said, color and trim, uh, light and side analysis. So these were really a, a range of uh, functionalities which needed to be examined um, before, uh, or saves you a lot of money Money if you can examine this before you start to build up a physical prototype. Um, running that company, we needed more people to support our customers um, on the service level. So that's basically the reason why we uh, created Ankari um, to uh, build up a service um, company to have um, supporters to uh, um, help out our customers in peak times. Uh, but after we sold the company by end of 2012, um, <clears throat> there was really not, there was no more real use for us to, to support the technology on the service side. So, but we still went on with this for another two years. And then in 2014, um, I bumped into this topic that it might make sense for future cars to reinvent the, the architecture of interfaces uh, compared to um, the interfaces cars are using right now, or at that time especially, which is already now six years back. So um, um, there we had to solve a, a, a range of, of, of issues because the, the hardware uh, which, are, uh, which is being built into cars is uh, not comparable with what you have on your PC. It uh, has less resources, less memory, slower uh, CPUs, not really um, um, high-end graphic boards. So um, you, you don't really have a lot of hardware resources, but still um, there's an expectation that the vis visual representation that you're creating has to be top-notch or state-of-the-art. And we all know how long uh, Pixar is rendering a single image for a movie, for example. Yeah, but um, uh, we I, want to. Have I don't know. Can you this tell type me? of visualization real yeah. time? Yeah. How how long does does Pixar take uh, for the rendering of such a visualization? Because I don't know. I I'm, I'm an amateur here. I don't even do good video editing. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, let me put it more general. It's it's not against Pixar. They they for sure have have uh, even more uh, requirements uh, on their images. But generally, when you're rendering images, you have certain amount of frames per second. So when you look uh, uh, to games, for example, which is more comparable in general, uh, game rendering, um, then you can achieve like 60 frames per second in a more complex game, uh, or at least 30 frames per second. So we have to do this uh, same amount of rendering every second, but on, on much lower hardware resources or minimal hardware resources, which are being used in the in the car industry. Uh, but the expectation of the visual quality has to be similar, like what people are used to on games. Yeah? So um, there we had to figure out how can we 
achieve this by optimizing our software solution. But uh, that's just one part of, of the problem, of course, uh, to, to generate a great output if you have a great artist to create the visualization. But uh, we also have to offer or create the right tooling for the different departments at uh, the enterprises um, to, to, to get to these results because they have to build it at the end into a car. And uh, therefore, they have to stick to certain processes from the design to the quality assurance to the engineering yeah, to, to the internalization of getting all the languages for a specific car. You know, you, just, you don't just build a car in a single language. You have to translate it to all the other languages. So these are certain steps that you have to take. And uh, we uh, wanted to offer all these uh, tools these people need to, to have a streamlined process um from start to end right to to start from the complete conceptual phase of a designer who's inventing uh, on an artistic level how the car cockpit could look like and at the end uh, we had to ensure that this conceptual design can end up in the car with the dedicated hardware which is being built into the car um without losing quality so, and in between, uh, you that, also have to have the, the, the user experience because I have painful experience, for example, with the car of my wife. I'm not going to tell what car it is, but I failed repeatedly just to get the, there's a function to pick up the phone and stuff like this just to fa uh, failed just to connect the Bluetooth from this very new cell phone to the car because it's just so overcomplicated. Nobody really knows how it actually has to go. So it's it's just exactly, a nightmare. But that's, that's almost nobody's fault, even though it's bad. <laughs> but, but it's hard to point to anyone to say uh, that person did the mistake because it's more the process that's causing these issues. Yeah. So the designers are probably inventing a very smart um, interface design and also UX concept to, to address all the, the tools and the functionalities in the car. But then when the process moves on to engineering, then they are using completely different set of tools where they can't one-to-one -one, um, um, convert the conceptual design into a productive uh, solution. There's a disconnect. And due to the different type of tool set they're using, they can't replicate it in the same way the designer has initially created it. So this is how these type of um, um, irritating results uh, can can occur uh, due to the existing process. Uh, and and we wanted to solve this by offering a tool which can be uh, used consistently from the designers uh, until to the engineers who are building the stuff into the car because. They are, they can all rely on the same data structure, on the same, same tool sets, on the same functionalities, on the same features, which are embedded in the tool. So the conceptual design that the designer has created, uh, he can be sure that this design can be built into the car one to one without, um, losing any, any uh, creativity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see. And so basically what you guys are doing, you make the design of user-friendly cars easier. Would that be the bottom line? Uh, initially, we make the de uh, the creation of uh, the design process. Uh, we make that easier, and um, also the integration 
uh, into the final product is much easier with our tool and, and the whole process becomes much more streamlined. So we did some benchmarking where we were able to evaluate that we were able to reduce the production time from almost four years to 18 months just by optimizing the process. So I said, it's not always the people in the process who are causing the issues. It's in some cases or in many cases, it's often just the general process pipeline, um, how it works, uh, which are causing the problems. And uh, we believe by um, creating the right tooling and the right uh, digital solutions um, that there's a huge um, potential of process optimization and um, streamlining uh, the the um, development um, uh, time and process in general of, of product creation. When I look now at your website, companies you work with, it appears that is uh, used in the premium segment, I see here Audi, Bugatti, Porsche, uh, but also Skoda and VW. Apparently, you have already found some pretty good customers, plus you additionally found some investments, right? Yeah, the, these are two points, but I have to correct it a bit. So, uh, yeah, the, the list of customers we have is correct. Um, uh, these are all um, uh, companies we're working with very closely. Um, but it's not always in, in the term of, um, a cockpit design. So we, in the past, we did some services. So there are also some connections to these customers and by, by uh, doing some services for them. Um, but, uh, we are working with more and more people in, in the, um, uh, um, cockpit design uh, development. And um, our our company is getting more and more traction in in that field. Um, yeah, but but the the companies you just named, most of them are within the Volkswagen uh, brand. So these are all companies which are very close to each other, right? So uh, Lamborghini is the daughter of Audi. Audi is part of Volkswagen. It's the same with Porsche, Skoda, and Seat. So. Um, if you have uh, good contacts uh, within Volkswagen, then of course it's it's not that hard to also work for uh, the, uh, the different Volkswagen daughters. Yeah, and and uh, we had the luck uh, early this year to uh, gain uh, a strong investor who believe in our uh, work and um, trusts in our quality and on our talents, and invested. Um, a huge amount of money into our work, which helps us to really improve, grow the team, improve our development speed and um, enter even stronger our growth period of um, selling, deploying our products, supporting customers and helping with integration and um, uh, building up more tools to make development time quicker and, and more seamless for, for the users. Mm -hmm. um, we may add that the lead investor was uh, Lukasz Gadowski with his team Global. Um, for everybody who doesn't know him, there will be a link down here in the show notes because at the time of the publication of this interview, we already published the interview together with him. Um, that said, he not only invested in you because he shortened the development time of the interfaces in cars, but you're also moving more and more towards developing an operational system for cars. Is that true? That's absolutely right. So starting with, um, with the development of a, 
basically a desktop solution to help um, uh, the workers at, at an OEM, at a uh, car manufacturer, to optimize their own working um, process. We also recognize that most of them are uh, we're not sure which type of software, basic software operating system they should put on these embedded boards to, to have the whole system running. And um, in, in our first prototypes that we are building up, we always bumped into that issue that we had longer discussions about which type of um, operating um, system should be used. Um, so that we decided then uh, by 2017 to uh, solve this topic on our own and provide an um, operating system sooner or later to our customers so that they have a basic car operating system that they can rely on and uh, can be sure that if they have that one um, um, deployed on their embedded system, that our system, our application then dashboard can run on that um, operating system. So this is how, how the idea come, came up um, on our side. And uh, then we started to investigate which, which topics will we have to solve to um, build up a solid operation, operating system, um, which issues might come up and how can we, um, yeah, um, uh, keep maintenance uh, of that operating system and, and where's the market potential, of course, uh, this are all things we always have to do in advance before we start um, um, putting resources on that type of a development. But doing so, um, we really recognize that there's a huge potential for, for more than just the common operating systems. I know there's a range of, of people who are looking into this, but you really have to define the your, your target audience that you want to provide this technology to and, and what um, the benefits of that type of operating system has to be. And and uh, we think that that there's um, a huge need in the automotive industry, uh, even beyond the automotive industry. So this is why we started to to put uh, this effort into developing uh, an operating system. And we think that it's really important that there uh, is sooner or later a solid and sophisticated operating system, which is based in Europe, to really give European um, enterprises an alternative. A system that they can rely on with a different type of business model, uh, with, with a dip, different um, understanding of privacy and, and data um, ownership than the American um, providers are offering. So this is why we see a huge potential there to to uh, um, find a great market entry with with our solution when it's ready. When we're talking about the operating system of a car, we don't talk about like one size fits all. I assume you, you have a certain area of cars you're looking at, you develop your uh, operating system for. I cannot really imagine that a big truck somewhere in a coal mine would run on the same operating system as, for example, a high-end sports car. Well, they can. There's, there's not really a, a, a need to make a difference. But of course, we... Um, uh, the system we are building will always be uh, customizable on a certain uh, level. So it will only support the necessary uh, libraries and drivers and, and functionalities which are necessary for that specific hardware. So it's a very dynamic setup of operating systems. So if you say you you sit in a truck that doesn't have any um, driver assistant uh, features like uh, ABS, ESP, 
um, or GPS, USB connection, then of course you don't know, need um, um, the the software packages which are needed to support these type of hardware um, um, elements. But if you are building something up which is, has all these type of things, like a luxury um, um, sedan, then of course the operating system we will deploy will support all these features to to um, make all of, all of, uh, functions complete. Of course, what would be uh, the type of aspects, uh, j just for me and my audience to understand, what you need to take care of if you have a car operating system? Does it make a difference if it's an electric vehicle? If it's a combustion engine, if it's a gas run uh, engine, meaning actual gas, or uh, all the aspects of security, running the car, um, plus the emergency assistance programs, plus, of course, entertainment. I think there there's like a big bundle of things you have to take care of, right? Well, uh, I have to clarify something at this point. Uh, in a car, there's not just one computer system or just one um, operating system running. So this is something that has to be uh, cleared in advance. So a car basically has several layers um, where different players are involved in. And we are, what we are offering is uh, the main machine interface, right? So where our role is, is not on really safety critical parts of the car. Um, uh, this, uh, this has been done by other people. We are taking care of the communication between the car and the driver. So the signals that the driver is receiving from the car or signals that the driver is setting for the car to change certain parameters. But, um, of course, also on that level, we have some, um, uh, safety, um, uh, topics that we have to take care of in terms of redundancy. Um, um, fail safes uh, that we have to uh, make sure that that um, there's a um, yeah second system that can launch uh, with almost no resources just to give the basic signals if there's an engine um, uh, if the engine is broken or or the light indicator um, yeah but but we are not involved in like um, um, the the ESP um interaction so that that's a different system running there so um uh, we don't have to take care of all all safety measures um which are built in a car and we don't have to take care of all sorts of uh, legal requirements which are necessary to get a car uh, up and running on the streets but we have to take care of of course all legal um um requirements which are necessary for our part in the car. And that's basically really the interaction between man and machine. Mm -hmm. I see. So basically to get it really, really shortened, basically you do uh, the, uh, you get the data, all the information to everything, the user, the driver of the car, or maybe the passengers are actually seeing, right? Exactly. So part of this is also the infotainment. So as you said, multimedia, if you want to play music, if you want to watch a movie. Yeah. So, so these are things which um, have to be solved by our application. And these are, are 
interfaces or applications that you can build within our application. So you can actually create your own movie player with your own design, uh, with your own look and feel, how you want it to appear in the car. You can create your own radio um, um, a system with all the different channels. Um, so you can stream all this data. You're getting a type of list of raw data. These are things we can provide in our application. And then you can define how it should be represented interface-wise in the car. But what we are also um, doing um, is to get all the signals or the status of all signals and sensors in the car. Like um, if you have your uh, headlight beams on, of course, we have to know that they are on, so show you that they're on, that they're activated. For example, if you have your left or right indicator on, we have to get the signal. And what we also uh, control is like um, the HVAC, so climate control or seat position, if this can be digitally manipulated. Um, so all these type of things, we do have access to them. But if it becomes really safety critical, then we're out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, two questions. First, you have the ability that people or developers can build on your platform. Is it something that you would have something like an app store in your software? And secondly, um, at this point, we can be very sure that startup radio, the channel and the podcast will be available in your system as a standard delivery, right? <laughs> sooner or later i guess so <laughs> I, I, I i'm afraid we will have to take care of this very soon but <laughs> we have it on um, record we have it <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously be um uh, uh basically the the architecture of our software is set up in a way that you are getting a a, a full sdk visually based so you're getting all tools to create any type of application that you want to create yeah and what's what's very uh, important about our tooling the focus of of um of this tool is to make it easily accessible for people who are not software experts like a designer who is he has learned to be creative and to be inspiring and to reinvent the design of of products and and visuals so that's his expertise but um, they have to work with computer systems um, to to define how things going to look like in the future without having the knowledge to build it functionally the way they want to uh, visualize it at the end. So we have to um, reduce the complexity of the IT infrastructure to make it accessible to these type of people that they can really be creative and, and create what what they think is appropriate. And this is why we decided to provide a set of, or to, to provide the, the programming capabilities in terms and form of nodes so that people can connect certain nodes, which are very logically built. So if you have a um, logic understanding of, of dependencies, you can connect these nodes in a certain row, and then you can um, make them functional. And at the other hand, you have certain outputs where you can directly communicate with machines, whether it's Canvas, whether it's MQTT. So we have certain type of communication, um, um, communication protocols that you can uh, address, of course, H uh, um, HTTP and thereby control 
other products, other machines, other signals, and receive them and send them to to um, motors to execute certain functionalities. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, you talked about simplification, and uh, just one more topic I want to discuss before we get into the outlook and the closing of the interview with. Um, I found that you have a very interesting pricing model on your website because uh, I've I've read 13 US dollars per client and that sounds to me like you either expect like a zillion of car designers or the pricing is a little bit different that people imagine when they first look at your website. Well, no, basically the pricing is not different than what you've seen. Um, that, that's, that's, uh, the price that we are asking, even though the, the technology is really deep tech and very complicated, but, um, we don't want to, um, um, make people be afraid of, of, uh, developing their own products and developing their own tools and developing their own software. We are inviting them. And this is why we are having the price tag so low to give people easily access to to realize the ideas. But where we want to have a bit of participation is uh, at a later stage, because when you deploy our product into, um, when you deploy our, our software solution into a product, then um, there's a licensing model, which um, uh, asks uh, for a licensing fee per unit that you're selling. And depends on the volume, um, the price is going lower and lower. So this gives still both parties enough leeway to, to make their revenues. Ah, I see, see, see. And, um, you, you talked about the deployment, like in the future, what are your future plans from here on out? Because we talked about a little bit about the operation system side. And from what you said, I deduce it's not ready yet. Well, we expect to have our first release by end of this year, hopefully if everything works, works out well, and, um, this will, uh, yeah, then, then we will present it also on, on, uh, some hardware we are designing, um, to give people a real a good impression about, um, what we expect, how an operating system should look like in the future and how they should function. And by end of this year, we will give you uh, more detailed uh, insight about how how it looks like because we believe that we will disruptively change the understanding of operating systems compared to how they they are being understood now. So uh, I guess there's going to be a, a small surprise for all of you, but um, yeah, it's not going to take too long anymore. By end of this year, we will be ready to um, um, uh, show you all uh, what the, what's going to what what you can expect from us for the future. Mm -hmm. Depending on other circumstances like Corona, it may be beginning of next year, but whenever you're ready for it, let us know. And of course, we'll get an update here in our blog post. Everybody who'd like to learn more, you can go down here in the show notes. There's, of course, a link to the LinkedIn profile of Osman, as well as a link to the company's website. Um, Osman, thank you very much. It was just play having you here. You've been a little bit nervous at the beginning, but we're recording now for almost 40 minutes and you did very well. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed the interview. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure for me too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Bye bye. Take care. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.